Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers Burning Question for the second week in a row. I am coming at you on Tuesday rather than my normal Wednesday time, and the reason for that is got stuff going on, plain and simple. Uh, and not only will tonight's show be different, the Steelers preview will be tomorrow, Wednesday night as well. So instead of the burning question on Wednesday and the Steelers preview on Thursday, we're bumping everything up one day. I will also go ahead and say, and if you didn't listen to the standard as a standard, the show that I do with Lance Williams on Sunday, not the rest of this week, obviously, but next week I will be out. I'm going on vacation. I'll still be doing work for behind the steel curtain.com as I am the editor of said website. But in terms of podcast, you'll have Lance and Dave Schofield on the standard as a standard Dave will be taking over my duties on the Steelers burning question. The Steelers hangover will stay the same. And then the Brian and Dave might be getting Tony Defeo to come in and join them on the Steelers preview. And then after that, we'll be back and right. Believe it or not, it's hard to believe, but only a week after I return from vacation is when the Steelers will be reporting to training camp. The offseason, the really, really long NFL offseason is almost coming to a close. And when I think about the fact that training camp is on the horizon, the players are off, they're out vacationing, they're training, they're doing all these things. I asked myself, and this is the, the headline and the of the article was also the title of the episode is Were the Steelers winners or losers? this past off season. And once again, I think a lot of times when people hear these questions, they think it's an easy answer. Everyone knows this. It's whatever. Well, let's break this down a little bit though. And I will be taking your questions. So uh, if you have questions, just wait a little bit. We'll uh, answer those towards the end of the show or after I'm done answering this specific burning question. So what I thought is that in my opinion, I can, categorize winners and losers for an off season based on three main categories, free agency, the NFL draft and injuries. Those three categories, this has nothing to do with competing against someone else. This isn't about, are they winners compared to the Baltimore Ravens? Are they winners compared to the new England Patriots? It's not that what I'm suggesting is, were the Steelers successful this offseason? Pretty much. Okay, so everyone knows how the offseason got started. It was a rocky road, to say the least. It all stemmed from Week 17 when Antonio Brown was not permitted to play and was benched. It then stemmed to this ugly divorce between the two sides. Le'Veon Bell leaves. So let's talk about free agency first, because once that new league year started, uh, that's when everything really started to go full steam ahead. So free agents lost for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Antonio Brown, and these are the big names. Like LJ Fort did go to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know that Dave Schofield's listening to this somewhere saying that still matters for the, uh, you know, the, the compensatory draft pick. And yes, I know it does. But at the same time, I wouldn't call LJ Fort leaving a huge loss, period. So... They, the Steelers lose Antonio Brown right off the bat. Biggest loss, in my opinion. He left in such horrible terms that it really did put a giant stain uh, and tarnish his legacy in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell leaves, goes to the New York Jets, but at the same time, 
Le'Veon Bell wasn't even there in 2018. So I, I can't stand all these media pundits that are on these NFL networks or CBS or Fox Sports 1 or whatever, and they're always talking about, oh, Bell's gone. What are the Steelers going to do? He wasn't there last year at all. <laughs> and the Steelers ran the ball just fine. James Conner proved himself worthy. So although he did officially leave via free agency, I have to list him there. And then the third name on the list is Jesse James. And again, this is a player that a lot of people are just kind of, you know, like, well, it's Jesse James. He was a number two. Jesse James was a very serviceable player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they gambled letting him walk. And they gave some of that money to some of the other players that they signed. I'll talk about them in a second. But Jesse James was a player that was a two-way player, could play a lot of snaps, decent blocker, decent pass catcher, no yards after the catch, but that doesn't really, you know, matter too much for what they asked him to do. Sadly, Jesse James will be remembered for one play, and that is the catch that wasn't a catch against the New England Patriots in Week 15 in 2017. But I think Jesse James is a very good player. I think that he will be missed this year and in future years as he goes to the Detroit Lions in free agency. So those are the three names that the Steelers lost in free agency, but let's talk about who the Steelers gained in free agency. Well, the first pick that they made, or first pick up, I should say, that they made was cornerback Steven Nelson, who played his first four years with the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they go out and get Dante Moncrief, who's a wide receiver who started his career with the Indianapolis Colts, then went to the Jacksonville Jaguars on a one-year deal, and then finds his way to Pittsburgh. Then they get Mark Barron, who is in a safety slash inside linebacker hybrid player, uh, labeled more as an inside linebacker now, but at one time was a safety in the league. Uh, he was last with the Los Angeles Rams. That's not the only, in my opinion, that's not the only free agency moves that were made. Uh, there were some others that were gained. For instance, they gave new contracts to several players. Ramon Foster got a new deal to keep him in town. Marquise Pouncey got a new contract. He got a contract extension, to be specific. Ben Roethlisberger gets the biggest contract of them all. A two-year extension keeps him in Pittsburgh for at least the next three seasons, barring something drastic happening, whether that's a Super Bowl victory and he wants to walk off into the sunset, or maybe it's an injury that is one that he finds is, you know, an, enough for him to just say, I'm done, period. So with free agency, that that's kind of the lay of the land for the Steelers. And so right away, I'm asking myself as I'm preparing for the show tonight, all right, did they win free agency or did they lose free agency? You know, I get it. A lot of stuff won't be able to be deciphered until after the season or even partway through the season when guys like Moncrief and Nelson and Barron actually have a chance to prove themselves in a black and gold uniform. But at the same time, I I have to like the, the moves that the Steelers made. I don't like losing Antonio Brown. Um, I'm not a fan. I am a fan. <laughs> I'm not the type of fan that is going to let the way that Brown left completely skew the way I viewed how he played the game. Uh, did I like that he turned into a diva? No, of course not. But at the same time, I loved his work ethic. I loved his ability to make the big plays when the team needed it. I'm not going to allow the fact that he left on such bad terms just totally remove those memories of things like the immaculate extension, the catch against his helmet against the Ravens, um, 
so many big plays. The 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 unbelievable catch against the Green Bay Packers in 2017 again on the sideline and set up the game-winning field goal. All these plays, and I could continue to go on and on and on. He's going to be missed, period. But at the same time, Le'Veon Bell, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think he's going to be missed because they've already been without him for an entire year. That's one position that they're like, well, okay, Bell's not here. What else is new? He hasn't been here since 2017, so I think they're fine there. And Jesse James, it, the tight end position is very, very thin. We ran, I ran an article today by a writer, Flip Fisher, for us here at BTSC, and he wrote about how the tight end depth is, is kind of scary, period. And he's right. You know, he is very, very right. Advanced McDonald, Xavier Grimble, Jesse James would have been a welcome. He could have welcomed him back. He would have had the same three tight ends. But alas, they let him go in free agency. And so that's that's a concern. But again, you pick up Moncrief, you pick up Nelson, who should be able to go opposite Joe Hayden and be a really good one-two punch in that secondary. You throw in Barron, who, in my opinion, was he was expensive, but an expensive insurance policy. If they didn't go out and get a player they wanted in the draft, he can play that inside linebacker role. He could be that sub package player that comes in in dime, even nickel. And if they run the dollar defense again, he could be a part of that as well. Um, I like the moves that they made in terms of the players that they signed, giving Foster and Pouncey and Roethlisberger new contracts. In free agency, I think I would put them as a check with the winners. That's just what I think. You may disagree, but I think that's a check. Antonio Brown's a huge loss, but I feel like they've they made enough moves. They made smart moves. The deals that they gave players were... Believe it or not, very good deals, very good contracts, and the Steelers are very good at that in terms of they'll get Mark Barron for a two-year deal. I'm sorry, it was Moncree for a two-year deal, but in reality, it could be a one-year deal. They could cut ties with them after this year if they choose. So free agency, I say Pittsburgh Steelers, check off winners, but that's me. Next, let's go to the NFL draft. The Steelers had glaring needs, none bigger than the inside linebacker position. And so I don't just look at, did they get a good player in the first round? I look at, well, did they address some of their needs throughout the process? So we all know what happened. First round, they're supposed to draft uh, in the 20s. They move up 10 spots. Uh, this was a 20th, I believe. Uh, they move up 10 spots to get to 10 with uh, the Denver Broncos, and they get they get one of their guys. They get a Devin, Devin Bush. And Devin Bush is expected to be a step in from day one and play kind of player. Uh, he might not start, but he's going to play. I think he's going to start. Other, people's, other people don't, and that's fine. They're entitled to their opinion. But ultimately, I think that, you know, Mark, uh, I'm sorry, Mark Barron and or Devin Bush are going to be huge upgrades over what they had last year. But after that, what did they do? Well, they had Deontay Johnson wide receiver in the third round. Um, that's a good pickup. You're starting to see which way they're going. They end up getting Justin Lane, cornerback. Uh, they get Benny Snell Jr., running back. They definitely filled some holes. They got Mark Gentry, uh, tight end. Then in the sixth round, they get all those players like Sutton Smith, Ulysses Gilbert, um, and then uh, Derwin Gray in the seventh. Um, I'm forgetting a six round pick off it right now, but I'm, I'm sure it'll come back to me. Uh, it's, it's one of those situations where I felt that the Steelers did enough to, to fill some of those spots that they needed. Uh, it's going to be a tough situation for a lot of players. I don't know if all the draft picks are going to make the team, but I felt that the Steelers were aggressive enough 
that they said to themselves and they made this statement to the fan base essentially saying, look, we realize the situation that we're in. We realized we needed to make a move and we did. And we traded up 10 spots. The last time they drafted a defensive player in the top 10 of a two of an NFL draft was when they drafted Rod Woodson. Think about that. So the Steelers were aggressive. I like that. That's it's, it wasn't aggressive to just reach. It was aggressive to get a person that I feel is worthy of that pick. And they went in front of the Bengals to do it. So that's awesome. I think that anytime they do that after the Bengals took William Jackson the third right off underneath the Steelers' nose in 2016, I'm all for that. Absolutely. So with the 2000 NFL draft, 2019 NFL draft, I'll say that the Steelers were winners in that category. I know there's a lot of people. Flip Fisher, who might be listening to the podcast right now, he is a writer, I'm sure he's listening at some point, would say that they are absolutely not winners. But at the same time, I personally think that that is a check in the win column for that. Now, the last section in the last category that I said I was going to label winners or losers would be none other than injuries. Did the Steelers suffer any huge injuries? You hear about all these injuries across the NFL to these players that you're talking mini camp, you're talking organized team activities, all these injuries that are going on. The Bengals lost their first round pick to an injury. And you're saying the Steelers didn't suffer those last year. They did Gerald Hawkins, torn quadricep, Jake McGee, torn ACL done for the year. Both of those players and not that they were huge losses, but losses nonetheless. So for me, the fact that they don't have any injuries, they don't even seem to have any nagging injuries is a huge check mark in the win column for the Steelers. Therefore, what I'm suggesting is uh, that the Steelers were winners this offseason. You can debate a lot of stuff. You can debate the NFL draft class. You can debate the, the free agents loss versus free agents gained. I think that the Steelers were winners this offseason. The offseason is almost over, and that's why I'm talking about it now. And ultimately, there's still some work to do. You know, you think about, well, What's going to happen with Chris Boswell? What's going to happen with Mike Hilton? Are they going to give him a new contract? Um, what about someone like Javon Hargrave, uh, Sean Davis? All these players that you know have a year left on their contract, uh, you have to wonder what's going to happen, how they're going to handle that situation. Um, but ultimately, I like the, what the Steelers did this offseason. I think they're putting the team in the best possible position to succeed with the limitations that they currently have. And what I mean by that is that they're not like the Cleveland Browns or the Jacksonville Jaguars who have millions and millions and millions of dollars in cap space available to go out and just spend. They are up to the cap every single year and they're up to the cap again this year. And so to go out and get a player players like Moncrief, Nelson, Barron, I think it's a bang up job by the Pittsburgh Steelers front office and their scouting department and general manager Kevin Colbert and head coach Mike Tomlin to get this team where they are right now. Next year, when Antonio Brown's off the books, they'll have more space. I think that this team is set up for success, not just this year, but also in future years. So again, you don't have to agree with me, but at the same time, that's what I think. And that's my answer to this week's burning question of were the Steelers winners or losers this offseason? I say they were resounding winners. It's at this time where I'm going to answer your questions. 
So I answered the burning question. If you want to go ahead and give me your thoughts on that question, you can do so in the live chat if you're watching live on YouTube. If you didn't know we had a YouTube channel, you can find us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, search BTSC Steelers Radio. We would appreciate if you subscribe to the channel, like, share, do all that good stuff. Help us expand our community on that platform. We are close to 3,000 subscribers. I believe the last I checked, we're about 2,800 and some change. Uh, it would be awesome to get to 3,000 before the start of the season. So tell your friends uh, and everyone subscribe if you're listening to the show, if you enjoy the content. And also, while I'm talking about it, don't forget to also check us out on our audio platforms. It's anywhere where you download podcasts. I did hear from a superior of mine that we're having issues on Google Play. But iTunes, Spotify, Stitch, Stitcher, all those places, all you have to do is search Steelers behind the steel curtain, um, and you'll find our platform. You can subscribe and don't miss anything because there's more podcasts on the audio platform than there are on the YouTube side, at least right now. So let's get to some questions here and see if we have uh, anyone you know that wants to, if, if you want to use it, you can. It's a super chat feature. We've had several people use it in the past. We use it all the time. If you really want your question answered, then you can write where it says chat publicly at BTSC Steelers Radio. There's a little money symbol on the right side. You can put any amount of money towards uh, the question. It will highlight that question, and that will also guarantee that your question gets answered. All that money goes directly to the show, and we appreciate all the support and what I call the tip jar. Okay. Um, Ronan says the Steelers have a ton of talent to spread the ball around and be unpredictable. And spreading out the touchdown love. This is an interesting aspect of what I call addition by subtraction. And this has nothing to do with drama in the locker room. Although a lot of fans, that's the first thing they want to talk about is drama, drama, drama. AB's gone, Bell's gone, drama's gone. That's awesome. It is, trust me. Even though those things are great for website traffic, that's awesome. It also means that, you know, Roethlisberger, he'll never admit it. He felt that he had to force the ball to number 84 more often than not because when Antonio Brown's throwing water coolers on the sideline in Baltimore or when he is, you know, pouting and when Todd Haley was there shoving Todd Haley on the sideline. And I get that he's a fiery competitor, but at the same time, I look at what Juju Smith-Schuster said, this, uh, this mini-camp OTAs session. He said, look, I, I don't care if I get too two catches and we win the game as long as we win the game. I think they're going to be able to spread the ball out more, like you said. And I'm really hoping that it's not just spreading the love in the passing attack. It's spreading the love between the pass and the run. Being more balanced offensively will be huge, uh, in my opinion. So keep that in mind. I think that's really good. Um, how much speed did we gain on defense? That's a question from Gerald. It's a great question. Well, if you're comparing to last year's defense, I think a lot, because if you look at who they had to fill that Ryan Chazier spot, it was John Bostic, um, maybe Tyler Matikiewicz. They did use LJ Ford, but none of those guys are as fast and athletic as Devin Bush. I mean, Devin Bush ran uh, a four four forty, I believe, at the NFL Combine. This is an inside linebacker we're talking about. Sideline to sideline speed. He can chase down ball carries. He can cover. Um, good tackler. Comes from a big school, Michigan. I don't think that the stage is going to be too big for him. And if he doesn't play right away, Mark Barron, again, is more athletic than what they had last year. Uh, good player. Seems to be very intelligent. 
Um, I think that they had a huge upgrade in speed on defense. And even if you go to the outside, Steven Nelson, I think it's an upgrade over Cody Sensabaugh. He might not be as fast as Artie Burns, who is a track who also was a track athlete at the, at Miami, but at the same time, we all know what Artie Burns' shortcomings are. So keep that in mind. Uh, Jared Sear, question from Ali. National media think Hargrave is better than Tuit. Do you agree Hargrave needs to eat up more of his minutes? I don't think Hargrave would eat, I, personally, I don't think that you, I wouldn't compare those two players at all. Um, I think that the Steelers can be creative enough to get Hargrave and Tuit on the field. I think that Hargrave is even watching him out of college. He was someone I did actually have on my radar and my radar is not very broad when it comes to NFL draft prospects. He was really good at rushing the passer. His first step, his swim move are phenomenal. He can really penetrate from the interior of the offensive line and put pressure on the quarterback from that interior. So for me, I don't think two its minutes need to go down. I think he needs to stay healthy. People forget last year he hurt his arm again. He needs to stay healthy. And I think that if he can do that, he'll be an impact player. They need all three of those guys, Hayward, Tuit, and Hargrave, to really step up their game. And I've said it before, I don't listen to national media pundits too much when it comes to the Steelers. Snowman puts five bucks in the tip jar. We appreciate that. He said, do you think the Steelers will extend the contract of Mike Tomlin and happy belated birthday to Jack Lambert and the Steelers? Absolutely. Well said about Lambert and the Steelers' birthday back in 1933. The Steelers were born. Um, I do think the Steelers will extend Mike Tomlin's contract. Uh, I, you got to remember, coaching contracts, A, are not public, don't have to be public unless the team wants to make them public. Uh, B, they do not count against the salary cap. There's no dead money issues or dead money charges. So let's say they do give Mike Tomlin a two-year extension and the team falls flat on their face and they don't make the postseason, and there's drama running rampant throughout the locker room, they can fire him just like that. No questions asked. Just fire him. Uh, they don't have to wait. They don't have to ask anybody. It's totally different. But I do think they are going to extend Mike Tomlin's contract. I did a whole episode on that a few weeks ago. So if you haven't heard that, go back, check that out. It's both on YouTube and on our audio platforms. Let's see here. Um... So here, Ronan asked Juju's raving about James Washington. Do you think he supplants Moncrief as outside number two and Moncrief goes to the slot? Now, here's the thing that people need to really think about when you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiving core is that Juju Smith-Schuster is very versatile, but Juju Smith-Schuster is also best from the slot. So in my opinion, while Juju Smith-Schuster will play multiple positions, X, Y, and Z, I think that if they're smart, They'll put him in the slot just like they did in the past and let him do his damage from the interior. Uh, in that case, you wouldn't have to choose between Moncrief or Washington. You could have them both on the outside, one X, one Z, and you can allow Juju to work the slot the way he has, and I think it'll be fine. Will, will Smith-Schuster play on the outside? Yes. Two wide receiver sets, he'll be one of those on the outside. But ultimately, I think that they'll be smart if they, they utilize everyone and they find a spot for everyone. I do think J James Washington, as Ali will attest, um, I think that it, it, he'll have a good season. I'm hoping. I, I, I do think he's a. I do think he's got a lot of upside. We'll put it that way. Vodka drinker, 
He says uh, he puts $2 in the tip jar. We appreciate that. Happy birthday, he says, to the Steelers in blackjack number 58. Absolutely. He had one of the greatest lines ever when he was a, being accepted into Canton, enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, where everyone knows the line if you're a Steelers fan. It said, you know, if I could do it all over again, I would be a professional football player. And you better damn well believe I'd be a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's just a, such a cool line. It kind of encapsulates all that Jack Lambert was for the Pittsburgh Steelers and for the game of football. Uh, Captain Underpants says, do you extend Hayden or Hilton or neither or both? If I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick Joe Hayden. Um, I think that Joe Hayden has proven he still can play at a high level. It's not that Mike Hilton can't. It's that I feel like slot cornerbacks are easier to replace than outside cornerbacks. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking to give Joe Hayden maybe a a two-year extension, keeping him with the team for another three years, including this upcoming 2019 season. But I'm also going to throw some money at um, Mike Hilton and see if he'll sign it and if they can keep him on the cheap. I don't know if he'll do it, but at the same time, I'm not going to break the bank to sign Mike Hilton. Not when you have guys like Cameron Sutton there who seems that like he's more than capable if given the opportunity. Okay. Um, Captain Underpants puts two bucks in the tip jar. He says, can we make it to the bowl? I I really do think that the Steelers can make a run this year, but it's like I told Dave Schofield, this was not on a podcast. This was actually in person. I said, man, every time I get a really positive vibe about this team, there's this other side of me. We'll call it the Lance Williams side of me that is very doom and gloom about this team. Not that I think they're going to be awful, but that there's just so many question marks. Yeah, we can sit here and we can talk about how the offense is going to look like this and the offense is going to do that and the defense is going to do this and they're going to do that and Devin Bush is going to be this and and Mark Barron and all these guys are going to be this and do that. Well, we just don't know. We just don't know. For the first time in a long time, we just don't know about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. In the past, you always knew. You had Bell, you had Brown, you had Ben. They're going to be able to score points. Can the defense keep them off the off the board? And this year, it's I, I'm not sure what the offense is going to do. Yeah, we can all sit here and say that on paper it's going to be great. But at the same time, we know what that's like. You have to go out and see it in person. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I do think this team can contend. Absolutely. I think they can contend. Um, let's see here. Well, we got a Raiders fan in the live chat. That's always fun. Okay. Uh, vodka drinker says we need to sign Hilton, but don't break the bank. I agreed. Uh, Jared devil says, uh, he's talking about the Raiders in Vegas. So that'll be good. We'll answer a couple more questions here. If you have them fire away. Um, Oh my gosh. Someone's asking about the first pick of the 2020 draft. I can't even give any type of prediction for the 2020 NFL drafts. I don't even know players that are going to be eligible for the 2020 draft. That's going to be, um, <laughs> that's not, if you've listened to this, uh, not my cup of tea, not my cup of tea. So there you have it. Okay. So that was a good show. I appreciate everyone for contributing in the live chat, being a part of the show. Um, it, it really is unique that I remember when Lance, I, when I started the YouTube channel, Lance and I did this basically just to get more, more, a better sound quality to our shows. And we just started to look at different features on YouTube. We're like, oh man, well, we can, uh, 
you know, start to get ad revenue from this channel if we actually get so many followers. And here we are close to 3,000. We appreciate you. Everyone that watches live on YouTube, we appreciate you. And then if you listen on a podcast platform, that's growing too. You know, we're almost, we're almost getting 2,000 downloads a day, and we really appreciate everyone that's loyal listeners that listen to every show every day. Really appreciate it. I want you all to know that we do appreciate you. We appreciate you spreading the love, telling others, liking, subscribing, rating us on things like iTunes. That really, really helps us. So if you haven't done that, go do that. We appreciate it. Look, next week I'm not going to be here. Dave Schofield's going to be here. So God bless all you all that to do with that. I'm just joking. He'll do a great job. Dave's a good guy. He'll be awesome here on the all by himself. So be here in the live chat, help him out, get him through that show. I'll be back in two weeks and we'll be ready to go for training camp. We'll see you next time on another Steelers burning question.